0: Journey, 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 Doses.
1: In fully
2: enlightened, the they became fully
0: everybody this is ash and ty with yo, another yo. yeah there he is with another episode of journey doses and we have a very special guest she did our logo art for journey doses this is Brittany paul her instagram is Brittany paul inc hi Brittany. hi <laughs> um i wanted to say that you are a san francisco bay artist you focus on floral and fauna, so you're very much into, you know, inspired by nature and very supportive of nature in in what you do. And there's like an educational aspect of it. Um, and you're also a mama to be, so this is exciting for Tyler and I because we have not had a a mama to be on the podcast yet. And you're you're in it. You're you're in the thick of it right now. Are you in the th- th- uh, the third trimester? Uh, yes, officially this week, actually. I started my third trimester. Oh my gosh, amazingness. Uh, yeah. Well, we're going to get into the mama stuff, but I thought we could dive first into, into you and into your art. And I wanted to ask if you could give us a little bit of a perspective on your art, you know, because I, as I kind of hinted, you you're inspired by nature and maybe there's a little educational aspect to it, so your perspective on your art and maybe a little backstory into how you got to even a position where you could make a living from selling your art.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would say just like, I have always had like a visceral connection with the little guy, you know, like my mom said I would be watching Tom and Jerry and would cry every time like Tom almost got Jerry, you know, like a very compassionate person from the beginning. Um, and I've always, like, kind of had that attention to detail where I notice, like, little bugs that are crawling about, um, you know, or, like, a bird, like, perched on a tree, like, far away. I've always really been drawn to um, the things that people don't really pay attention to. Um, and that extends to humans, too, like, maybe the unseen, you know, like, people who are experiencing homelessness and, and all of that. So my activism extends to people too. Um, Just naturally, it ends up being animals that I'm drawn to, but um, I'm trying my best to use my platform to kind of um, talk about, you know, human rights issues as well. So, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And um, can you tell us a little bit like your backstory of, of getting to a place where you feel comfortable identifying as an artist because I feel like there's like a huge imposter syndrome for for creatives in that sense so what was the what's your background in just being a creative individual and how do you get to the point from that and saying I I I make beautiful stuff and I want to or and I believe that I can sell this and share this with the world what's that process like for you
2: so even before becoming an artist when I was deep in like the corporate world scene and everything. Um, I was following a lot of artists on Instagram and uh, looked up to them a lot. And when I decided to become an artist, I started reaching out to them. And a lot of them responded. A lot of them were very genuine with how they were talking to me about their process and everything. And it kind of like took this whole like full-time artist title and took it off the pedestal and made it more attainable for me. Um, So, it makes it easier for me to not feel that imposter syndrome when I'm talking to the people who inspired me to begin with so yeah that was definitely very helpful yeah
1: how did it feel for you reaching out to those artists was it difficult for you did it feel easy
2: it felt easy I, I have a unique um situation where I have a marketing background and I'm used to kind of talking to high profile people like in the corporate world and nonprofits and all of that. So getting past that fear of talking to somebody who you might see as like above you or like like more successful than you. Um, once you get past that and you're just like okay, let me just talk to them. Let's see how they react. And then when they react like a normal human, it makes it a lot easier for you to continue the conversation and, and even build friendships with them, which is one of the big pluses I think for social media is all of the friends I've made.
0: Also like being in like the artist or maker community, because that's how you and I met. I think we met like probably around three or three years ago when I was just starting to sell for uh for my business at local events and i think we probably first connected around the big San Jose holiday event and actually to this whole point like I, I you were one of the first people i really connected with in the like that i like reached out to and really made uh in the beginning some sort of like relationship or friendship with through just, you know, being small business owners, small handmade business owners. And I remember reaching out to you and uh, you were so much further along and so much more established. And obviously we do totally different things as well. So I felt, uh, I felt like unworthy I'm like I'm, I'm unworthy <laughs> to be associating in this circle like I I haven't been doing this long enough and it just goes to show like the stories that we're telling ourselves that hold us back because now we have such a beautiful relationship and we support each other with our businesses in so many different ways and and you now you've made our art and we, we we just love you and your art and so I mean you have to kind of step outside your comfort zone a little bit and and reach out and make that community for yourself within like the niche or the world you live in like so if you're an artist like making a community with other artists is really empowering um yeah I, I mean I
2: feel like I feel like demystifying you know other artists around you and not comparing yourself to them but utilizing each other and your skill and your knowledge to kind of build each other up is, is huge and I have met you know a select few of artists who don't believe in that they, they believe in like oh, I'm going to be over here and I'm doing my own thing. But I I would rather help somebody the way I was helped and kind of like continue that chain of kindness than, than to, you know, possibly um, keep someone else from from getting past that point of, you know, can I be an artist, you know? And the answer is always yes, because like, no matter what, like, you are what you want to be, you know, like, whatever you decide in life, that's who you are, like you're the one who's giving yourself that title. No one else can take that from you. That's so. great,
0: yeah, I, love that. I I know, I love that as well. Like I've been seeing a lot of content lately that's kind of around, I mean, just kind of, it's about like believing in yourself and, and really understanding that you are already that, you know, like mm-hmm. it's not like striving to be something, you are that already, like if that's really, you know that if that lights you up, if that's your passion, if you feel in alignment, like that's what you are. And actually, I'm curious, like when you were when you stepped even deeper into this role of being an artist and sharing your work, do you, did that feel for you like you were finally stepping into like alignment with your purpose, or do you still feel like you're kind of searching for that?
2: Absolutely. I mean, I feel like it's definitely a journey in a sense. Like the what I liken it to is you know, opening a door to a room that you've never ventured into before, like, you'll spend some time in there, you know, like decorating and making it your own space and developing who you are. But you know, there's always going to be that side door or the the closet that you open, you're like, Oh, what is this inside and you just continue to kind of develop and um, you know venture into different kind of parts of your mind and Um, maybe what you tried out in this room doesn't, didn't work out. So you go into the next one and it just becomes this whole process. Uh, and then I'm, I'm learning in in that regard that you don't want to kind of pigeonhole yourself into one thing. You don't want to get too comfortable and just chill in one room because then you're not truly like trying to, I guess, get closer and closer to your true self. I guess. So like, you don't know what your true self is, you just feel it. So unless you're actually like exposing yourself to new things, then you're never going to truly get to that part. So
1: (laughs) sounds like, uh, I mean, it really resonates with me because, you know, and Ashley as well, I'm sure would say that we're into so many different things. And maybe this just is a part of being a creative mind in some way. Like, there's going to be times where something interests you. And then there's going to be other times where something else interests you and just flowing with that and seeing where that, that creative energy pulls you is, is really listening rather than trying to control everything.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And I I have trouble with ADHD and a lot of that involves uh, OCD. So for me, like letting go of that control is a big part of the process and it, it helps me kind of strengthen that management for, for the condition, you know, not allowing it to control every facet of my life <laughs> and using that as a way to like remind myself, hey, like you don't need to control everything. If anything, I learn more and I, I become a, a more whole happy person when I just allow myself to experience things. so good. (laughs) Do you mind
1: elaborating if you don't mind elaborating a little bit more about how what you described as ADHD or OCD might affect your creativity or your work?
2: Definitely. I mean, I can talk about that. It's expecting me now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Like, at least for me, it might not be for everybody. um, But the way it shows itself with me is that um, I have to go a hundred or nothing, <laughs> like mm. I can't think halfway, And then, cause then I start feeling like a failure and I'm like, well, you know, I'm just like half-assing it. Sorry. <laughs> but, no, you, you can know. swear
1: as much as you want. <laughs> <Okay>.
2: <laughs> um, but so right now, like I'm doing hundred percent on motherhood. And for me, that's just kind of what priority is just naturally drawn to motherhood, getting ready for that mentally emotionally you know physically all of that um, so it's hard for me to put a hundred percent into my art too when that was essentially my baby before this one um, and because of that like when I'm working on art projects I can't put a hundred of me into that so that's how it kind of manifests itself <laughs> yeah I had You know, like putting things on the back burner until I feel in the right mindset to
0: get back into it, which, you know. I really appreciate like when I when I'm listening to you, what I hear is that you are very in tune with with your feelings, with your thoughts, with your desires, and you allow yourself the space to step in and out of different roles. So instead of challenging yourself and overwhelming yourself to do it all, you're, you're recognizing that, that you're, you're in this, you're in this transition phase, you're building a human being, and that that is your priority. You feel, viscerally within you that that's your priority and you're allowing yourself to go like you said 100% into it which is really beautiful and um, just in the conversation about you know taking on different roles and ADHD and doing so many different things I wanted to really quickly add another point that came up for me like a minute ago in the conversation and uh, being, being a creative and being interested in doing so many different things and allowing yourself to have those outlets it's so beautiful that you say that i think we live in a society that really perpetuates and and idolizes people that are really good at one thing or or just like developing kids to like to find that one thing they're good at and to like do it for like 15 years like soccer you start soccer at five years old and you keep doing it until you go so far that you're like your knees effed up and and now you can't do it anymore but um you know like we we just live in this society that idolizes being really amazing at one thing and then it makes the rest of us th- these you know let's say for in in the context of this conversation creatives that like to flow in and out of different aspects of ourselves or different creative projects it makes it difficult to filter that lens of society out and allow ourselves the space to flow to flow in and out of our interests and and to to accept that If that's the case, we may not be the very best at one thing, but to instead recognize and um, credit ourselves for the fact that we are really amazing at a lot of things. And that's just as powerful and vulnerable. So I don't know if anything comes up for you in that.
2: Uh, Definitely. I mean, I, I would liken it to, you know, back when all society was just nomadic and we're just like running around you know, things are, things are ever changing because you're changing the scenery that you're living in. And, you know, like maybe one challenge will present itself and another will dissipate because you're not being exposed to that challenge anymore. And so you change with it and you kind of just adapt to your environment and you're, you have all these different skills that you can utilize versus just being one person with one trade. You know, that, that didn't become a thing until we started having like villages and towns and stuff and everybody had to have a role and a title and then it became more important but now that we have kind of like a like an internet um the internet I feel like transitioned us back to being nomadic because in a way we can kind of just flow like you said and like take on different roles depending on what internet like World we're connecting to, you know. So
1: I really appreciate that perspective on, well, in, in reflection on the nomadic nature of us as the environment changing and us changing and adapting to the environment as we move along with it. And I've, I don't know, I've somehow I've never considered that, but we're recreating that with culture now, and how culture moves and shifts so quickly, and now we're moving and shifting with that culture which is exactly. you know very much revolved around the internet so quickly. Yeah, that's super interesting.
2: Yeah, I mean we're not stuck to like our little towns you you know we don't have to like send a telegram every time we want like, to like announce something. So, it's <laughs> definitely
1: Oh, so the pigeons I've been sending you haven't gotten through.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Dang. If and you would think if that they would because Brittany you actually have um studied (laughs) like bird watching I I mean I don't know if I'm saying that properly but you studied like birds and and the difference of them and and that translates into your art very much
2: yeah we have tons of birds up here we're very lucky we live by an open space park so we have like a family of uh, it was quail and all these different raptor birds. I'm actually taking a raptor bird class today. So. That is
0: so specific. I love it. <laughs> um, I wanted to. I'm still lingering on this question from the very beginning. You talk, you know, that you when you introduce the kind of work that you do, that it's not just like nature and animal rights, but human. It's branched into human rights probably a lot more in the last year and a half or so. What are some of your uh, most favorite pieces of art and, and why? Like, what do they mean to you? I, my, my favorite pieces
2: are the ones that kind of express dualism in some way. So, um, for instance, I have one of like a little baby bunny, and it's kind of like curled up almost in the fetal position in, in, the, in space. And like to get the reactions of people as they see it, some of them are like, oh, it's like, you know, sleeping or it was just born. It's like so cute. And then there's other people who approach it and they're like, oh, it's a dead bunny. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, well, it depends on where you are in your life and and how you are wearing your your filter right now. And like what you see is dependent on what your insides are, are telling you, you know? So like all of my pieces that have that duality where you can you know, polarize the way you're looking at it based on, on your current life experience um, is the most powerful for me because it really makes you think as the viewer. Um, you know, for me, when I create it, I, I kind of like am expressing whatever emotions I'm, I'm having at the time, but I get the most out of it when I see how other people perceive it. Um, because at the end of the day, that's what, art is you know like I could say it means this so-and-so all day but that doesn't really matter to me what what matters is that I'm I'm creating change or or uh, inviting people to think about you know where they are in their lives and and how my art affects them <laughs> so uh,
1: have you ever gotten a, a reaction from somebody viewing your art or seeing your art that was just so out there like it was so far off of what you thought you might hear from them that you were like wow that's that's a perspective
2: (laughs) um I I don't think so I think a lot of people keep the those thoughts to themselves um (laughs) I try I try to like get people to talk um it's it's tough because I know everybody is kind of socially awkward especially now (laughs) you know and I think everyone's always kind of um, looking at me as this like, oh, she's this artist. Like, you know, what does it mean to her? I want to know what she thinks. And meanwhile, I'm over here like, no, this is this is for you. Like, like I made this so that you can, you know venture into your own mind. Like what I thought it meant doesn't really matter to me, you know, because that that's important to me. It's not important to you, so.
0: I wanted to highlight a couple uh, pieces of your art that are coming to mind right now, just um, I feel like they pull out a different aspect of what you do. Um, Well, not entirely what you do. There's so many things you do. You do workshops, you've done live classes, um, you know, you do commission art, obviously you did commission art for us, but um, the Australian piece, when the, when the Australian fires were going off, I'd love for you to chat a little bit about that. And then I have one other piece in my mind.
2: Yeah. um, I, I, love that one because I did use it to raise money and I I do that with some of my pieces for um, assisting victims for uh, natural disasters fires like the campfire I had a piece for that one too Um, and the the way I lay out my pieces I enjoy kind of hiding small critters and like little faces like among the piece so that it really makes somebody stop and look at the piece versus just glancing at it and saying okay that's a snake move on you know (laughs) so like they'll see this one and they'll see like all the tiny critters and then kind of like try to figure out like what kind of species it is it's very important to me that the species is accurate because I'm like a science nerd so (laughs)
1: that's
2: important to me Um, but also just uh, finding like commonality with animals and When I start my drawings, I start with their eyes because um, it's kind of what we relate to as humans. When we see an animal, we we kind of, you know, put a personality to them. And the eyes, to me, are kind of like what you look at first. And so I draw those to to put personality into the piece. And that whole piece is just full of all these different animals and and all of their eyes. And there is kind of a sadness to the piece, but that's the point, you know, it's supposed to kind of help you connect with the animals that are affected.
0: Yeah. How much do you, do you remember generally how much you were able to raise for the fire relief for Australia through that piece? It was well over $600 at least. I think that's so beautiful. I mean, like, um, That's that's such an empowering aspect of running your own business is that you can you can decide to, you know, donate portion or all of your profits to, you know, support these causes that are passionate to you. It's such an empowering aspect of of having your own business. Um, I also the second piece I wanted to highlight to give you an opportunity, if there was anything special that you wanted to say about it was the digital download for the Black Lives Matter movement, because that was, in my opinion, that's what I remember when I think about you pulling more of the human rights aspect into your art. That was kind of the beginning. I don't know if that's true.
2: Yeah. Um, I would say definitely it, it definitely highlighted like a moment where I decided, you know what, like wildlife conservation is still important to me, but right now I feel like this is more important. It's it's like, more relevant to the times, and it's what's needed. And a lot of people were, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fault them for doing this, but they were making money off of, you know, posters and stuff for for Black Lives Matter. And for, for me, I was like, how can I contribute without um, putting a financial burden on some people because the thing is with a lot of human rights, it it's often often correlated with low income people who don't have the means to contribute, but they want to. And so the way they contribute is by being a part of these marches and um, you know protests and all of that, and just by allowing them to use my art for free. Um, that's the s- small way I could kind of give to the to the movement. Um, without being a financial burden,
0: so. I, I really appreciate that. Um, where, where are you, pa- like, I know you said you're at kind of 100% in motherhood, and we'll talk about that transition in a minute, but where are you at now in regards to your art? Like, what is the most passionate project that you're working on, or like, what, you know, what do you hope to be getting more into?
2: Oh, definitely. I I have, I feel like I'm in this moment in time where it, it's good that I'm pausing because I feel like a part of me is changing as an artist. Um, I went from hustle, hustle every day, you know, like a market every single weekend, um, trying to get my art into all these different boutiques and shops and, um, create every little merchandise piece as possible. Like I had pins and all of this stuff. And, and then I, it got to a point where I felt like I was a factory a little bit and I'm like, I didn't become an artist to produce things you know I became an artist to to kind of really tap into myself and who I am as a person and a a soul on this planet you know um so I'm I'm kind of trying to be okay with slowing down and I think this break is helping me a lot because I've slowed down so much to where I'm posting like once every three months you know and like for me i'm like okay this is good training because i want to be the artist that just kind of uh feels the piece and allows myself to take you know weeks months if i have to to finish a piece um and yeah i'm excited to to start that journey because um you know doing things like murals for me is a is a good way to kind of feed that creative side until i get to the point where i can start doing fine art again and working directly on wood um and to get more into the the galleries and everything so and yeah
1: <laughs> something that stood out for me what i heard was kind of the balance between having a business and working in your purpose because you know like who's teaching um, transferring your purpose into a business, really. Like a lot of people are working in careers. Um, so, they're you know, they're just going along the steps and, you know, churning out day after day after day. But when you're working in your purpose, uh, something that you're very passionate about doesn't mean you can't get burnt out of it, <laughs> right? Like you can still overwork your purpose and you can still lose a little bit of passion for that. So for you, like up until now and going into motherhood, was there, well, did you consciously manage that balance at all? Because you said that you were, you were starting to, you know, seem like a factory and working too much, but was that a part of your process consciously at all at any point?
2: Yeah. I mean, I kind of had to recalibrate a little bit and it, it helped that the pregnancy kind of encouraged that. Um, but I was already on my way to it. Um, okay. you know, when like the pa- pandemic happened and everything, um, that like canceled a lot of my events and it kind of forced me to pause and be like, well, well, what do I do now? you know, and, and, and initially my goal was like, okay, I need to still make money. I need to make an income somehow. And so I did all of these things to kind of, um, I changed a lot to try to do that, um, you know, virtually. So I had like virtual booth sales and, you know, set up my booth and virtually sold everything and it worked, but it, it wasn't feeding what I initially had started being an artist for. And, and so for me, I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm being successful in a sense, quote unquote, um, but I'm not, happy and I'm not doing what I need to do to get to that next room in, the, in my journey. So, um, yeah.
1: <laughs> so when you sell or display your art and actually have interaction with people that, that serves a much bigger part of what, what fulfills you.
2: Definitely. And, and I would say that's kind of where I'm going. And like, I would rather, um, not necessarily have markets per se, but um, create like a collection of work that I can display in a gallery and discuss it with people um, and have pieces that kind of, you know, speak to people on a deeper level. A lot of my pieces right now are very fun and lighthearted, but, um, you know, like they're not what I need right now. I need something that's, that's going to kind of, you um, relay what's going on in my mind and and that's more complex than like a pretty crystal or Mm. you know some some plants or something
0: you know and if it's if it's something that you're feeling that you need there's definitely people out there that need that probably the same or a very similar thing and that's again the beauty of what you do that you like that the art that you provide is can be healing and i'm glad that tyler asked the question that prompted you to talk a little bit about Um, in terms of your art, the transition over the last year and a half, when like all the markets started closing and how you kind of had to pivot your business. I I wanted to ask a question about that, but I thought now what I'll ask is if you would be comfortable sharing a little bit more um, personally and emotionally, and maybe it is tied in some aspect, of course, to your business, uh, but how you were handling things or feeling in the last year and a half as, you know, the beginning of 2020 and everything's shutting down. How did you, how did you feel? How did you handle that?
2: It was really tough for me at first. Um, I mean, the thing is, is that social media has become both a crutch and, you know, a blessing in, in the same way where I get to meet people all over the world who are a lot like me, who I aspire to be like. Um, so it's great. But at the same time, when you're kind of stuck just behind a screen and that's the only human connection you get every day, um, it definitely got kind of depressing. Um, but then, you know, as time went on, I, I allowed myself to get out there a little bit more, um, make a point to see friends and people who who um, kind of feed my my heart a little bit <laughs> like I just needed some more connection with people and as an artist like you do it because you want that connection like you, you you know like it's not like we do art for for just me like it's for everybody else and like how do I get my art back out there when everything is closed down and everyone's so uncertain um, especially when you're running your own business like the uncertainty I think was the hardest part like well what well, why would I put myself into this if, if it's just gonna you know, closed down again, and then I'm stuck alone again. You know, <laughs> like it was just like this cycle of uncertainty that was really tough for me because, um, you know, I've got anxiety and I can't I can't deal with that kind of stuff. So once I I let that go, that whole um, expectation that there's going to be an end, I'm like, okay, well, well, let's not think about about it as like an end and beginning. Let's start. Just focusing on what you think you want. And for me, it was just taking a break, slowing down, um, only taking gigs that I thought were fun, (laughs) like your logo, for instance, like, like I was like only taking gigs that were fun that were stress free that I didn't have to put too much energy into and that the energy I was using was um, fueled by passion and love and not obligation. Um, So I'm just trying to pick and choose things a little bit more carefully now.
0: Uh, I appreciate the vulnerability and sharing, kind of your experience, and uh, obviously personally appreciate that you took on our commission (laughs) work. All things considered, and um, I did want to take a quick moment to to talk about that that one piece, just because this is the first time on our podcast that we're that we're like verbally acknowledging it. Um, So when we knew. We were like, this podcast is legit. We're too legit to quit, you know. And so, yes. yeah, yeah. So we needed some legit art, and um, it was. We didn't even consider anyone else, honestly. We we have so much of your pieces, which um, unfortunately we don't have hung in our trailer because we have limited wall space. But we have in a in a safe storage that someday when we're rooted down and we have a house again we will have like a wall of britney paul ink art so um which
1: which we've actually already had in our yeah we had before yes above our bed (laughs) yeah just britney paul art like 95 literally just all, all yeah. your art above our beds <laughs> yeah
0: um we really love what you do but so it was like so so clear for us that we just knew we just had so much faith because we love your work so much and and i know you as a person and and your intention with your pieces and you know the focus of of nature inspired work and uh, that it was, it's a little trippy, you know, with the galaxy aspect. I think it's got a kind of a trippy vibe to it, in, in my opinion. Yeah, so we just had so much faith in you. And there really wasn't any iterations, really, at all. Like, you gave us the rough sketch and said, does this sound good? And we're like, fuck yeah. Like, when we saw it, we're like, <laughs> that's sick! <laughs> and, um, and then when you gave us the final, it was like, there really wasn't anything. I mean, w- we loved it and, uh, I guess we'll just talk really quick. I wanted to say really quick for us to just say what the aspects of the art for us mean. Um, so the, for anyone that doesn't understand like the snake eating itself, getting almost eating its tail is the Ouroboros symbol, which is the symbol for life, death, and rebirth. Um, so I think that very much emulates, uh, a journey aspect of course the podcast is called journey doses so you know you're, you're definitely taking a journey if you believe in reincarnation and, and past lives and things like that or even if you don't just the journey of life to death um, I think is beautiful and, and worth acknowledging and then the sailboat in the center uh, when I first started dating Tyler I called him my sailboat because I just knew that he was going to be taking me on oh we've got a sailboat up here we're going to show Brittany this is a sailboat it's a piece of art like a concrete bottom and anyway no one else can see it we'll set we'll put a picture online um (laughs) but uh yeah I called him my sailboat I said I just knew I just had this feeling that like him and our relationship was just going to be like a journey and so it's a symbol
1: totally smooth sailing
0: Uh, oh that was a good one (laughs) we haven't used that one before just kidding wow that was amazing um yeah and then um that's pretty much it. Yeah. So what was your experience in in that piece? Was it, I mean, be honest, did you appreciate us as clients? Were we super annoying? Was it was it fun for you? Was it kind of like, meh, was it easy? How how long did it take you to make? Well, I <laughs> none of them are usually
2: easy because I I definitely question myself every step of the way. It's just how I am as a person. Um, And I have to love it in order to be able to feel confident enough to show it to the client. So, uh, and even the process, if I feel like the process is kind of funky, I, I have had to part ways with clients before, because the thing is like, if I'm getting bad vibes while I'm creating a piece, like it's going to translate like whether I want it to or not, you know? And, and I never want to give someone a piece that they can't be proud of and vice versa. Like if I if I'm not proud of it, you know, why would they be? So um, for the process, like I enjoy it when people know exactly what they want. (laughs) Like the thing is like the worst thing you can do as a client is be like, just do whatever you want. Cause like half the time, like (laughs) What I want, like, is totally different than what your vision is, so, Um, and that's not necessarily bad, you know, everybody's different, we're all different people with different um, experiences happening at this point point in our lives, and for you guys to say, you know, this is where we at, this is where we're at as people, and we want to represent that time in our lives this way, like, it was easier for me to honor that and to kind of translate that in my own way, so... I liked it. It was a good process.
1: (laughs) I would imagine that like commission, you know, working for commission with people, it would be, it would be really interesting from my perspective. It's because art generally, in my experience is like, it's coming out of a, a pure place, hopefully, like it's just rooted in you and it's coming out. And then if somebody enjoys it, then, you know, they enjoy it. But to have the back and forth, I would imagine it would be kind of difficult and like trying to match this feeling or idea that somebody might have in their head you can't read our minds you know only as well as we communicate what we might want or need is that then going to translate and then filter through your perspective so I would imagine communication is a big part of that too
2: communication is huge but also I would say um, and I try to say this to a lot of artists because some artists will be like oh well you know this this commission like wants something totally different than what I normally do and I'm like well you want to do art for your people you know quote unquote your people these are the people who like they love your art because it's your art not just because it looks pretty you know like it's because like they're drawn to you as a person they're drawn to to the vibes that you're you're giving off in your art and I think that's a really important first step with commissions is that that you connect on that level because it makes the communication a lot easier when you're both already on the same page when it comes to um, why why you like my art and you know if it if if it's already connecting to you it makes it easier to transition into a custom piece for you. So,
1: have you ever come across an artist where you really loved their art but did not appreciate the person? <laughs>
2: I I don't know if I stay around for very long once I find <laughs> a person. <laughs> I usually say like, oh well, that's a shame because all that means to me is that they're producing something um, out of obligation. You know, like is that truly their art or are they just doing it because it looks cool? And yeah. usually, if it's somebody who is not a very you know good person. Like it. Like, you get that vibe from their art. You're like, oh, okay, they're just good at drawing. They're not actually, like, putting themselves into their pieces because had they done that, you know, like, I would have seen that personality come out in their work. So, yeah.
0: I would love to take this time to transition from art into motherhood. And so maybe you can talk to us a little bit about what that transition has been like for you in your life and how you have, you know, ebb and flow through these these titles of of soon to be mom and and artist, and how that's affected your lifestyle. And I'm also curious if you're willing to share, have you always known that you wanted to be a mother? Is that something that you started to understand more later in life? Tell us everything.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so it's kind of funny. Um, my partner, uh, we've been together for like what feels like forever. We met um, on Facebook back when it was only um, college kids on Facebook. Like you had to use your college email or whatever. And I was like seventeen when we met. Um, so we we were always just working on each other and like how to. Oh shoot sorry (laughs) okay Okay. and how to like um to get in sync and kind of grow together while still maintaining um our own independence um so that was always something that our main focus was on it was never having kids it was always about like how do we feed our our souls but still honor us as a couple you know and so once we did all of that internal work you know, going to therapy and like just trying to be the best versions, versions of ourselves. Uh, the whole lockdown happened and that really forced us to kind of take a pause and like reassess ourselves. And we came to a conclusion that we were really happy together, which is really kind of weird to say, (laughs) Um, because like, you know, we're stuck together 24 seven and you would think that we'd be arguing all the time, but this has honestly been the best time of our lives we've had all this time to kind of get to know each other and on an even deeper level and I think because of that happiness like we were like we want to have kids like we'd be great parents you know so um yeah we did it on purpose like adults (laughs) oh
0: my god thank you that was so amazing (laughs) Should that be the episode title? We did it on purpose.
1: <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Um, so,
0: yeah,
1: I, I mean, this might get too personal, but it's like, what's the intention around, like, is there? Is it kind of like ceremonial for you when you go into something like that with, with <laughs> a partner?
2: Um, I mean, the way we did it was very, like, like we we tracked it, you know, we made sure, like, we, we knew like when I was ovulating and everything, but we didn't want it to be forced or unnatural and feel mm-hmm. like a task, you know? So it was more like we have all this time on our hands and we just bought mm-hmm. a house and we wanted to celebrate and like enjoy each other's company. And when, when I got pregnant, it was more like a, like a happy thing, like we're both crying and everything and, you know, we didn't want it to be a taxing uh, journey where we look back and we're like oh it was so terrible trying to like conceive and everything and I'm, i i know it's hard for a lot of people so for me it was really important to do it as stress free as possible without too much expectation like i was that's prepared awesome. to have,
0: you know i was prepared to have to take a couple years to conceive if i had to so i know that's such a common story i mean i feel like as women we go through uh, ever you know, from the moment we get our first period through you know, well I guess not that moment, but when we're sexually active, <laughs> um, we go so much time uh, being like, oh man, hope I don't get pregnant, hope I don't get pregnant, and then all of a sudden you, you maybe you get to a phase of life where you want to, and then it's this, it's kind of coming to be more clear and clearer today that, um, there's a big infertility struggle. Um, so there's a lot of like, so then sometimes when, when there are moms to be, or people that get pregnant, there's almost like you feel guilt to be so excited because maybe you have someone personally, or you're just aware of the fact that it is so challenging for other people. But, you know, I I think it's nice to have that awareness that it's not easy for everyone, but I don't think we should shame ourselves for being excited. You're allowed to be excited and to, and to share, you know, the truth of your story and, Um, what would you say like in regards to all that and infertility struggle and your experience um, it kind of happening so naturally and kind of so quickly do you think it was your mentality around being stress-free around like your desire to really want it like what would you say made the difference in it being so easy for you now how can you really know I know there could be biological aspects and things but you know, I think, you know, where I'm getting now, what was your opinion on all this?
2: Well, I, I feel like just with life in general, um, I try to live it as stress-free as possible. And it sounds very privileged when I say that, but the whole point is that, um, why burden yourself when there's the option to not burden, burden yourself. So, um, I approached it in a very intentional, but like just chill way. I'm like, okay, if it happens, it's great. You know, like I'm going to make sure I'm tracking my ovulation, but I'm not going to like, you know, beat myself up if I forget to track it one day, you know? So for me, it was just like a, let's, let's try it out. And if it works, that's great. If it takes a while, then, you know, like I was expecting that anyways. So, and I've always told Mark, I've been very open with him, you know, um, I'm okay, if I can't have kids, you know, I was always open to the idea of adoption. And I'm still open to that idea if that ends up being what we do with our second child. So um, for me, it was just like, it is what it is, you know, like, I don't want to force it, you know, I didn't, I didn't want a childhood for my kid that was forced in general. So why would I force, you know, bringing that kid into the world like that? um that's a very negative experience to start your life with so i didn't want that to be the priority
0: yeah
1: um question i mean have you considered for your child and for your family going forward um in regards to the state of the world now what kind of things you align with and what things you don't as far as like education nutrition um mm-hmm. Maybe vaccinations is too far to go, but like things like that.
2: Yeah, I I mean, I definitely believe in body autonomy, um, bodily autonomy and uh, giving your child the ability to make decisions. And I know a lot of people don't agree with that. um, But for me, mindful parenting is really important and seeing your child as an individual, not just a child, um, because they do start developing their own thoughts, ideas, you know, their own opinions very early in life, you know, I would say even as early as like two or three. Um, and so for me, as I'm vegan, <laughs> and uh, I never force that on anybody. But that's how we're raising our, our child until she decides, you know, I don't want to be a vegan. And that's fine. But I'm going to be very transparent with her in educating her with everything, giving her all of the information that she you know, she should have. Um, I'm not going to sugarcoat things. It's going to be very like (laughs) educational. And, you know, then she'll be able to, to decide what to do with that information. Because I feel like a lot of parents, they kind of develop their own opinions and their ideas of what the right parenting is. And then they kind of force that onto their kids, whether they like it or not um where you know i'm not saying that was bad i'm just saying things are different and we have so many resources that we didn't have back then so i would much rather just allow her to become her own person um even if i don't like that person <laughs> <laughs> you know and i think that's the hardest part it's like well maybe she'll have you know she'll you know be a hunter when she gets older but that's just gonna- <laughs> what she decides. And, you know, I will always respect that. And um, I I just wish I had, you know, that kind of support growing up because I feel like a lot of parents were kind of forced to do whatever society told them to do. And I really don't want to be that parent. So
0: do you believe in um, like soulmates, not necessarily romantic, but in the sense that like past lives and like soul connections and that potentially your child and you and your soul, your, your child's soul and your soul has had interactions in past lives. Is that something that you resonate with?
2: Absolutely. I mean, I grew up with like a uh, influence from, um, Buddhism and Buddhism uh, involves with, you know, re- re- recreation and, um, past lives and everything. And, um, really like feeling the vibe of everything and um, everything's connected in some way, like we're all vibrations. And like when you connect with somebody, it's because you're on the same wavelength. And I, I truly believe that because I'm already in love with my baby. I know that's like a normal, like cheesy thing to say, but um, I can just tell that she she's going to be an amazing you know, human and contribution to society and and you know like she she has the the she, she's gonna she's gonna have a good start basically like Mark's really into like history and um teaching all of that which I think is really important so that we're not repeating history and and all of that. Um I'm into science um but I'm also into spirituality. I have that like balance, you know. Um, so yeah. <laughs>
0: I love that.
1: I'm excited to see this little artsy baby.
0: I know. (laughs) I
1: can't wait. I want to
0: be friends with your baby.
2: (laughs) Um, I'm going to bring her to like markets and stuff. So that'll be fun.
0: Yeah. I'm curious what the pregnancy process has been like with your partner. You were saying how like, you know, in 2020, you really realized, wow, we're happy together. This is great. And then you get pregnant. And I think for some people that 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 is a life change that is very challenging. It probably depends on, well, not entirely, but I think, I think some women have a perfectly fine pregnancy and maybe some are a little bit more irritable and emotional. And if you don't have that stable foundation in your, in your partnership, then that could be like a rocky place to start. So I'm curious what uh pregnancy has been like on your relationship.
2: Oh, definitely. Um, I, I would say in general in our in our lives and as a couple um it's always been really important to kind of um give yourself to the process and allow yourself to be okay with change because it's going to happen whether you want it to or not you know like even if you have no intention of things in your life to change it it just happens it's natural just like you know water is moving like it's you can't keep it from moving it's just going to keep doing its thing and so for, for us, like when we got to that point where we're in the relationship, where we're okay with things changing and, and us changing as people, um, as long as we're just communicating that, you know, like, Hey, I'm changing in this way. Like I'm becoming like this. What do you think of that? And like, kind of like having that dialogue back and forth and being like, okay, yeah, we're changing as people, but we're, what's staying the same is that we support each other. You know, we, we love each other and we both have Uh, similar values and that's all that we really need in a relationship Um, so during the pregnancy it's been kind of like well my body is changing my mind's changing like everything is changing Um, but what's remaining the same is that we're connected and we're strong in our connection and that's what's most important.
0: That's badass. It just lights me <laughs> up. I really, really love every like your perspective. This is amazing.
1: Yeah, we've talked a little bit about, you know, setting our values as well as a as a partnership, you know, and, and just being appreciative of the change as well. Because like you said, and what the orobos represents really is that cycle, everything is constantly moving and changing. And it can be painful, it could be hard. But it's going to happen and we're better off just accepting it.
0: <laughs> and, and actually to that point, I wanted to see if I could challenge you a little Brit, because I, Ooh. I, um, I respect your, the perspective that you're continuing to share in this, in this short conversation. I feel like I'm getting to know you like more so beyond I knew you before it was really beautiful, but, um, I appreciate, like, I see a lot of positivity. I see a lot of realistic perspective. I see a lot of, um, awareness and understanding that things aren't always perfect, but I want to see if you could share a little bit about something that has been difficult. Let's say, for example, in the context of this conversation, your pregnancy or moving into this chapter of life with motherhood in the context of your partnership, or, or you can answer it for yourself with motherhood, but could you share a little something that's like, that's been challenging for you to accept or wrap your head around or move through?
2: Oh yeah, Uh, it's, uh, there's definitely a lot of challenges in life and I try my best to honor those challenges and spend uh, the time that they deserve to like truly understand why is this hard for me? You know, like instead of looking at this challenge as something that's doing something to me, it's, it's because I am viewing it in this way that is conflicting with harmony, you know? So, so for me, I'm like, I'm not going to ignore what's what's going on. I would rather address it, understand it, and look within for the answers. Because the the problems that have happened in our relationship and just relationships in general, friends and family and everything, is when um, you fight it and you sit, you're like, I don't like the way you're talking and so therefore we're not going to be friends anymore or we're not going to be family anymore um it's a lot easier to do that than it is to like sit down have a dialogue and really truly understand why that relationship isn't working for you at that time and so for pregnancy <laughs> i've been like re- it's been really challenging navigating relationships with both friends and family, because it's such a huge change for them to see me go through this new, you know, role, essentially, Um, you know, like, parents and family, they have a perception of what they thought it would be like, when I had a kid, and then I have my own expectation of what, you know, pregnancy and having a kid means. And so a lot of the times, those are different things. But unless you sit there and you don't sit, you you don't sit down and like talk to them and like truly understand why you're not in alignment with them, then it's just going to create more chaos and more resentment. And I don't want that. So it's been tough, but I have to like face a lot of those challenges with relationships and the dynamic with them. So. It's
1: just amazing to me that somebody would have expectations on your Process, right? Yeah. And I get it, especially parents, right? Like parents have a strong attachment to you and they have a strong attachment to the way that they parented, or friends have an attachment to who you were in the past and how you showed up for mm-hmm. them before. And it can be hard to let go of what we think someone is and allow them to change,
2: right?
1: Yeah. I mean, and I, I, I would say, like, oh, go ahead.
2: I would, I would say, like, as a as even though I have this new title as mother, like I've always been this person. I've always had this point of view when it comes to, you know, what I think is important in the world and how my child should be treated is how I I want to be treated. And like, those things have never changed. It's just now there's a title to it. And now there's a little human that comes with it. (laughs) So it's like, (laughs) that's the big change. But as a person, I haven't changed. And all of a sudden, I think family and friends, they are like, now we have to adre- address the elephant in the room. Like, I always knew you were this person, but now that, you know, it's coming with responsibility, having a kid and everything, like, they don't know what to do with it. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, let, let me help you. Let's walk through this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and try to figure out what, why we're not on the. level.
0: I have to apologize for our distraction, although no one else knows it, but I know you can see our eyes going all over the room. We've got three animals in our trailer <laughs> and th- there's one, one of our cats is a, a, a coffee fiend. It's because Tyler makes this like really heavy, like fatty coffee with like butter and creams in it. And so yeah. now the cat likes to like dip his paw in our coffee and then lick his <clears> paw. And then he likes <laughs> to climb up on top of the fridge because we used to have dog food up there. So he thinks the dog food's still up there. And then this cat also doesn't get along with the dog Anyway. So I apologize for our confusion. I thought, well, I'll just, I'll just let the listeners know what's going on. Our eyes are shifting. We're looking at all these fricking pets that are trying to get up in front of the computer and, and scratch their faces on our faces. And (laughs) anyways, um, I appreciate your, um, the, the story that you're telling with all of that. And, um, where should we go with this motherhood thing? Um, did you have any thought or,
1: I mean, neither of us are parents, so I would just be curious. Um, <clears throat> For those that are not parents listening, is there anything that might best serve us in understanding more about your process?
2: Yeah, I mean, I would say what's helped me is that the main focus has been on myself and working on myself. And mm-hmm. I think that you can do as a parent is be a whole person and, you know, make sure that you are aligned with your your mental health and, you know, you're working on, on who you are um, because essentially if you're, if you're in a stable space and you're doing great, then that'll just translate well with your kids. I mean, it's going to be difficult. I know that I'm not, you know, ignorant to that, but um, I do think a lot of parents don't address their own problems and then they end up raising kids and kind of transferring that, that stress and that negativity and those bad habits and everything onto their kids even if they don't like intentionally do it and then their kids have to kind of deal with that burden and carry that on into adulthood and i i think it's as easy as just focusing on you and stop you know putting expectations on your kids that you don't even address yourself you know oh. so.
1: You are speaking my language, girl. <laughs> yes, I'm very much in agreement on that. And what else do you what What else can you really change, really, <laughs> other than your own perceptions, your own self? Like, you, you think exactly. you have control of everything else?
0: You think you have control over like how your kid's going to be, what they're going to do, what they're going to love. You yeah, think no. that like no, you, you don't. And the and maybe and maybe the more you try to pull them in, the more they'll resist. That's something too. Do you totally. feel like um it sounds like you've done a lot of like uh healing, you know, work for yourself and for your partnership and that you're in a relatively good place. But do you feel like there are any do you believe in ancestral kind of wounds or storylines mm-hmm. that pass down? And do you feel like there's anything for yourself that potentially could be unresolved that you've you've considered in regards? To starting a family and and uh, procreating, if you will.
2: <laughs> I do. I mean, I feel like um, generational trauma is real, you know, like I've, you know, gotten close with my Nana on my mom's side over uh, this whole lockdown and everything. And just hearing her stories and her dynamic with her mom and her mom's dynamic with their mom. And it feels like it's repeating itself, like as it goes down the line. Um, and. I'm trying to be as aware of those thoughts when they come into my mind, like where they're coming from. Is that a genuine thought coming from me or is it a thought coming from some past life where I have like that happened to me or that happened to my mom and I'm feeling it now, you know? So I try to, to be as cognizant and, um, and present as possible. And I think that's the best way to address when that happens because it it's unavoidable you know like to to be triggered by something like all that trigger is telling you is that you need to pay attention and you know kind of recalibrate and get back to a good headspace where you're able to be centered so
1: do you have any centering practices
2: um I mean Definitely yoga helps me. I have to be doing something. I'm not good at meditating because I can't just sit in one place. I don't Mm -hmm. know, because I'm like antsy or something. Um, But doing things helps me like yoga or hiking or gardening, something where I'm doing something with my hands. Woodworking for me is really nice. Um, Just gets me out of my own mind and Mm -hmm. focuses on something a little bit more natural. Mm-hmm. you
1: know so yeah yeah I appreciate that a lot a lot of people think that meditation or mindfulness needs to be in stillness and silence and that's just not the case
0: not for everyone it can be super unique and that's yeah. that's the that is the beauty of allowing yourself to like experience we kind of alluded to that in the art conversation earlier but like experience as much as you can be open to experiencing because what works for you may not work for someone else and the the tools are totally different I imagine yoga while, uh, third trimester pregnant is a little different.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is. Cause you're, like you're supposed to be like mindful that your body is more flexible than it usually is, mm-hmm. um, the relaxing hormone in your body. Um, and to be careful not to overstretch. Um, but I mean, that goes hand in hand with being pregnant. You just have to learn to listen to your body. And when I start feeling like I'm straining, I, I hold back a little bit, um, and just slow down. So
1: do you have plans for the birth and how you want that to look or.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm lucky where the hospital we're utilizing is very much like natural and midwife centered. Um, so I didn't have to deal with like the whole question of whether I wanted to go to a birthing center or not, because I'm given a lot more natural Um, options than I would at at like a conventional hospital Um, so we're I'm I'm planning on going like you know no uh, medications or anything because for me I don't want that to be in Lily's body you know while I'm giving birth to her (laughs) and so that's what's important to me I don't want her to come into the world all drugged up Um, you know I want her to be able to be as aware of her surroundings as I am, and experience that with, with her together. So that's wow. what's
0: important. We'll have to check in with you after and see what <laughs> happened. I know you're laughing because you're like, well, I've never given birth before. So this is my goal, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm
2: taking just- hypno breathing classes and stuff. Oh, and, nice. You know, just trying to learn how to um, channel that pain because I have a very high pain threshold. And I think, unfortunately, that is, um, from a trauma response, uh, like mm-hmm. where I kind of like hold back the pain until the very last second. Um, but it's working in my favor right now. <laughs> so
1: what is the um, hypno reading yeah. class? Like,
2: so, I mean, you're basically just constantly pulling back in your thoughts. So like, whenever you start thinking negatively, um, kind of refocus back into your surroundings to how you're breathing. Um, you know, it's a lot like therapy actually, because like when I used to have a lot of anxiety attacks, um, you just think about like, you know, the, the couch that you're sitting on and how it feels on your fingertips and, you know, getting back into that kind of grounding almost, uh, like you would when you're hiking barefoot, you know, stuff like that. So mm. um, when you get out of your head and you pull back those thoughts and you and that's your main goal. The hope is that, you know, the, the focus from the pain is, is not as strong. So.
1: <laughs> got it. Got it. Yeah. So focusing a little bit for coming out of your mind and noticing sensations and mm-hmm. surroundings and something other than what's on the inside of this thing right here.
2: Yeah. Cause it's like when you tell somebody, Oh, it's not going to hurt. Don't worry about it. Like, Oh, that's a lie. Like, <laughs> like, you know, don't, don't lie to yourself, but honor that it is pain, but it's something that you are going to temporarily have for this beautiful thing that is going to come out of you. And, um, I would rather have temporary pain than long lasting effects from like, uh, an epidural on me and on the baby and everything. So for me, it's a temporary pain for a permanent, you know, um, beautiful thing that's
0: going to happen. So I'm excited. That's a, that's a powerful perspective to have. And I think like, being so clear with your intent on why it is that you, you know, want to try to do it drug free is, is going to be uh, probably very helpful for when that, that moment happens. And that option is offered to you. Um, you know, you know, you're clear on your why. And for me, another why that I would potentially have is dang that, that, ni- that needle that they put in your spine is big and they're putting it in your spine. That's freaky. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's scary. I me. mean, I don't
2: I don't even like taking like, like painkillers or pain relievers because to me, our body is telling you something and I don't like to mask that, that voice that my body is trying to communicate to me. And like, if I numb it all, then how am I supposed to know when something's wrong? You know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So I wanted to ask, what are you most excited for, in motherhood? Like once, once baby Lily is there in your arms and what are you most, um, apprehensive or concerned about in motherhood?
2: So, I mean, with the baby thing, I feel like that's probably going to be the easiest part. I know that like, um, with her needs, with like eating and pooping and sleeping and all of that, that's going to be tough, but that's very primal. And, I feel like that just comes with it. And I'm not so worried about that. Um, The biggest part that I'm worried about is just my impression on her and, you know, Mark's impression on her and whether that comes across the right way. Like we will make mistakes, but, you know, having the, um, the self-awareness to apologize when you do something wrong, because you're going to, you're going to mess up as a parent, but the ability to kind of step back and say, you know, like, I messed up, Lily, I shouldn't have talked to you that way. Like, you don't deserve that. Like, you know, really kind of reminding ourselves that like, we're going to be uh, actively um, letting her know that she deserves to be treated well, and that this is a safe space for her to be whoever she wants to be. And um, I'm excited to see who she becomes. (laughs) That's the biggest part is just watching somebody grow and being becoming their own person like that's just amazing to me that that I'm going to get to witness that wow it it just just
1: warms my heart to hear about and and look forward to this conscious conscious parenting because same like I I, that would probably be my biggest worry as well like what traumas are we you know carrying on and, and transferring on and um you know just just being as aware as possible and that we're in our own process you're in your own process as a mother this is the first time you're doing it as well and being Mm -hmm. in clear communication with your child like you know and being vulnerable to them and and apologizing to them is is possible you know you're not Mm -hmm. just the authoritative figure and saying like this is right and this is wrong and this is how it is but you're in a relationship with her
0: exactly yeah earlier in the conversation you said you'd be open to adoption I wonder if you wouldn't mind adopting me I would really love uh, <laughs> I would really love to be raised in your household uh, I don't I don't nothing it's never too late for anything right I'm I'm happy to move in do you have an extra bedroom by chance <laughs> I
2: definitely have an extra bedroom
0: <laughs> okay I won't forget it I mean we do have this trailer if, if I need to get out of here I'm going to come to you <laughs> okay um yeah, so I'm looking at the time, I want to be respectful of both you and I, and I wanted to, I have a, a final question, but before I get to that, is there anything that you feel like you want to add to the conversation around motherhood, around you being an artist, um, that you want to lead the listeners with? And if you feel like you said it all, great, but I want to give you that final opportunity.
2: Definitely. I mean, I think in the art community, we're so stuck on um, kind of figuring out a way to define ourselves, like. Like I am a ink artist or I am an oil painter um, and I do it in this style or, you know, like, oh, she's an artist, but she's also a mom. Like all of these labels we give to ourselves, I feel like just kind of puts you in a box and it really like keeps you from exploring yourself as a person And um, and I, I don't think it's realistic. Like the thing is with social media is that, it definitely homogenizes people and it makes, makes them into this person who has to perform in a certain way in order to cater to whatever following they've curated. Um, so for me, like just becoming a mother that doesn't negate from being an artist, you know, and talking to a lot of artists who are mothers who have tattoos and, you know, um, they're still doing everything that they loved was very inspiring for me because, it it showed me that just because you're a mom doesn't mean that you can't continue being true to who you are as a person. Um, Mm. So I would say just, you know, stay true to who you are. Don't let society tell you that because you're a mom, you have to act a certain way, be a certain way, um, put more or less of yourself into your work, whether it's an artist or whatever other career you decided to choose. So
1: yeah. I really appreciate that. Be who you are, even though you are becoming a mother. Mm-hmm. Don't give you, give your complete self up to, you know, yeah. living your purpose and passion still.
2: Yeah. Cause you want to be that role model for your child. You don't want to show them that your only worth is in being their parent. Like mm-hmm. that if anything, <clears throat> they'll, they'll see that, you know, I'm allowed to pursue whatever I want and still be a good parent, you know, like you can do both. You, you don't have to do one or the other.
1: Yeah. I think historically speaking, you know, mothers were just mothers for a long time. Right. And that's,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that's it. And that's what they prided themselves on. That's what they identified with. But yeah, I mean, women that are mothers can be mothers and other things. Mm
0: hmm. So now for our final question, what would you say is the most impactful or influential journey that you've ever been on in life? You're welcome to say more than one. you can take that in whatever way you want.
2: I would say just the journey in becoming a full-time artist and I know it's cheesy to say, but um, for me when I, when I was in the corporate world and I decided you know I can be good at anything like I've, obtained all these skills to pursue whatever profession I want to do. And I have this drive to do that. But at the end of the day, like, that gives me gets me money, but it's not feeding my soul. And I think when I realized that my priority was going to be feeding my soul and getting as close to my center as possible, that really opened a whole new world for me. And when you kind of, you know, take on a a career that is viscerally who you are versus just something you do. Um, that's got to be the biggest journey I'll, I'll be on for a while. You know, I don't, mm. I don't think I'll ever stop, honestly. Um, so just, you know, having a career that you truly like are in sync with is, is so fulfilling and, you know, I recommend it for anybody just, you yeah. know, if you, you love something, go for it. So.
0: I think that can resonate with anyone, no matter whether you're trying to be an artist or not. And hopefully if there are any creatives out there that are itching to share their work that you've inspired them through this conversation, as well as anyone who is desiring to be a mother, um, in that process, or just anyone who resonates with you, I think there's going to be just so much in this that people will connect with. So I really, really appreciate your vulnerability and, um, learning a little bit more about you and your perspective on life has been really powerful and, um, I'm just so glad that I know you. I'm like, wow, this girl's in my circle. This is amazing. I gotta keep, I gotta keep holding on to you girl. So um, I keep holding on to the good ones. Um, She's greedy. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to say where, uh, leave it off with where can people find you? Where can they connect with you? If they want to work with you, if they're inspired by the art and they want a commissioned piece, give us all that info.
2: Um, I kind of live in Instagram right now <laughs> mm-hmm. and I think that's just because it's easier for me than having all these different channels like email and, um, Facebook or, you know, whatever. Um, plus it helps me connect to people where, um, I'm, I wasn't able to talk to people face to face. Like I can do that over Instagram and I, I respond to all of my messages, um, as long as they're respectful, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's a, it's a good way to connect to, to people and, um, continue my art and on the side. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. so your handle is Brittany And I'll definitely put that and link mm-hmm. it in the show notes, but that you're saying is the best place to reach out. Yeah. I've definitely. also noticed that your commissions, you say your commissions are closed until June, 2022. And I assume that it has to do with your ability to kind of focus on motherhood yeah definitely okay cool so So if anyone's inspired by the logo art that you did for us and they want you then they need to get on your wait list yeah get mine (laughs) definitely um but I'm always happy to chatting about it you know
2: some people they have commissions that I'm not going to start until two years from now but um you know good things can wait so
0: absolutely and on that note Mm -hmm this this episode is going to come out in like a week or two so good things this is a good thing for us but it's going to have to wait (laughs) um uh thank you so much again for spending this time you have any files
1: i'm just really happy that i actually got to know you like Mm -hmm. ashley's had this relationship with you and i know you i know you through your art right i've really appreciated your art so to to get to know you and spend time with you has been really great for me to to gain the connection to your art and you
0: oh thanks (laughs) yeah okay thanks Brittany. appreciate you Thank you so much for listening to that episode with Brittany. She is an amazing artist friend of mine, and I was actually blown away by some of the mentality that she had around life and her journey and motherhood. I some things I didn't know.
1: Honestly, with how amazing her art wit is, like I just I'm not surprised. Like there has got to be an amazing human behind that art, and I'm so happy to have actually learned about her and spent more time with her than I have before.
0: Yeah, and she even said that that a lot of the times. People like to buy your art because they like you as a person. Yeah. And that's really a Turns big... Turns out
1: we really like the person. We like
0: the person. We like the art and we like the person. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. So thanks for listening to that episode. I hope you got something out of it. If you got something out of it, I would love for you to send us a message on Instagram and... Uh, Ashley Nicole Journeys, Tyler Wayne Journeys, and you can tell us what you thought about it, what you liked, but also make sure to reach out to Brittany. As she said, she's mostly active on Instagram, and her Instagram is brittanypaul.inc, and that is linked in the show notes so you can get specifically to her page. So make sure to connect with her, even if you want to buy something from her or you just want to connect.
1: Definitely get some of her art, put it all over your walls like we did, <laughs> and also, if you wouldn't mind, please support us in. Any way that you feel comfortable doing, you can easily share the Spotify podcast on Instagram. You can like, you can subscribe, Um, sharing it with your friends and family. It really helps us out on our journey here with Journey Doses as we travel the country and continue to create more what we find to be awesome content.
0: Absolutely. I mean, the podcast has been such a beautiful way for us to connect with our community and to share these, to record and share these amazing conversations. And we want to keep doing it. We want to keep doing it. So yeah, you can go to Spotify and you can follow it and there is a share button. It's super easy to share with your community. So it takes two seconds. It's a free way to support us. We really appreciate that. And and then the outreach is amazing when we see people that are, in, are not in our intimate community that are sharing it. That's really exciting. So, oh yeah,
1: it really
0: does light us up. Oh, we love it. So um, in terms of Journey Doses, there is a website, journeydoses.com. Boom, it exists. You can <laughs> find all of the podcasts episodes on the website if you don't want to go and search for it in Spotify itself and it's also a website that is growing in all of the things it offers so there is going to be a merchandise platform we do have stickers of the artwork that Brittany made for us and we're going to be using the artwork she made to do a couple other things like Cool hoodies and stuff like that, so keep your eyes peeled. If you like the art, you can own it for yourself in one way or another. And on the website, you're gonna be able to get straight to the YouTube channel, which has no videos yet, but I promise you I'm working on it, and that doesn't matter, you can still subscribe to the YouTube channel so that you are prepared when the first video comes out. And there is gonna be like a written blog as well on the website. What else is on the website?
1: Um, we're probably going to share what our services are, mm-hmm. what we Ashley and I do as professionals aside from the podcasts. you'll be able to see and possibly work with us if that's something that you're interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, we think we have cool things to offer. <laughs> we think you might think so, but you know, if not, that's cool too. Um, in regards to that, I have a therapeutic fitness class starting on Zoom, starting October fifth. It's Tuesday at six pm. The class will be free for you if you want to do your first one, hop on. Uh, Just a little background with that, the therapeutic fitness class is very much in regards to solving and healing pain. So if you have pain in your spine, if you have shoulder, hip, joint, any kind of pain, we're working on that. It's just 45 minutes. It's going to be quick, easy, on Zoom. I'll send you the link if you reach out to me on Instagram.
0: And if you want to work with me, I've got my small business, Dandy Roots, which you can find on Instagram, dandy.roots. I do beeswax candles and skincare and zero waste. It's all really good for you and for the environment. So if that's your jam, you can find me there. I've also started small business coaching. So if you're someone who wants to start a small handmade business, which I think is relative to mention in this podcast, because if you're inspired by Brittany and you want to sell your art or something that you make, This is something that I am uh, getting into, so if you're interested, we can do a a discovery call. And um, we're also going to be having a Patreon if you're interested in supporting our journey just in small, little, consistent ways. Uh, Keep your eyes and ears peeled for all that. And with that said, thanks so much for listening, and stay tuned for next week.
1: J.D.